You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. This episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Julio Jones is a Tennessee Titan. How did it happen? What is now the outlook for those Tennessee Titans and the Julio Jones-less Atlanta Falcons? I'm Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. That is Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. The Julio trade went down. It was a good thing we got that Aaron Freeman episode in last week because, yeah, yeah there was a lot of dealings behind the scenes. And, and what I'm gathering from a lot of this is Julio might not be very happy that he was on uh, that show on whatever TV station that was with Shannon Sharp. Uh, I can't remember the name of that show. I don't really watch it. But uh, when he said, I'm out of there a couple of weeks ago, that was not something he wanted out there. And he did request trade, but he wanted it private. And it was private from his standpoint for most of the time until that happened. Yeah, there, there's there been a lot of work, a lot of teams that we'll get into that made some offers, and Albert Breer has some really good information on, on what that looked like. But just overall, we've got to talk about these new Tennessee Titans with Julio Jones. Huge news, obviously. I mean, we've seen it. We've heard it coming. We mentioned on that Falcon show, I hope we don't have to talk about it the next month. I mean, I'm kind of glad it's over. It's been the big story. Um, seemed to bring it up every day in some shape or form. A tremendous football player who I still think is a tremendous football player. Apparently it needed to happen, you know, I mean, just salary cap stuff, but I kind of want to talk about how it affects both teams. I I think it's obviously makes the Titans better and the Falcons worse. That goes without saying, but I just kind of think the state of these two teams right now is really interesting and how they stack up in their division, especially the AFC South with Tennessee and this, you know, brand new shiny thing they just picked up. The team building aspect of it from both sides is super interesting to me. Yeah. And when it comes to the Titans, the thing I look at is, okay, they just spent a second rounder and a fifth rounder uh, and then getting back, or no, a second and a, a fourth second of in future 2023 fourth. and getting yeah. back a 2023 sixth. So a, a two plus is basically what they gave up. Yeah, exactly. And what I find interesting is they just let their top five draft pick homegrown wide receiver walk in free agency. And when you when you put that move together with the Julio Jones move, how far ahead do they come out of this, or do they come out worse in the long run if they would have just re-signed Corey Davis? Instead, they let Corey Davis walk. Are they going to get a comp pick for that? So does that factor into this exchange? Did they go from Corey Davis to Julio Jones? give up a two, but get back a, a late three comp pick next year. I'm not sure what the comp formula is going to be, but I would assume with all the free agents they lost to Jonu Smith uh, that they would be getting some sort of compensation back. But now they have a 32-year-old Julio Jones. How much better is Julio at 32 than Corey Davis going into year one of his second contract and is that worth what they're gonna you know end up giving up and losing in draft picks so I just thought they weren't too worried about their second wide receiver after AJ Brown proved he could be a number one but now they went out and got another number one yeah and all right let's just focus on that I mean 
you mentioned Corey Davis and the comp pick equation, which I think is a much bigger aspect than common fans tend to realize. And I like to bring that up a lot. I'm glad you started there. They did sign Bud Dupree, but no matter what, they probably, in the whole scheme of things, they lost more than they gained in free agency. And Corey D- Davis leaving, you know, helps with that equation in their favor a year from now, which probably makes it a little easier to trade a second and a fourth a year from now because you have, you're expecting something back. Fair enough. Um, however, if they would have picked up Corey Davis's option, it would have been more or close to it what they're paying Julio just in base salary this year. Then you'd have to extend them, give them a signing bonus where, you know, Julio, you don't have that problem. Unless, of course, he says, boy, I was really good in 2021 with the Titans. I want a new contract. And now I'm up in age and you can come, you know, maybe he becomes a trade candidate again. I mean, I'm not suggesting that's the way it's going to happen. But financially, it's kind of a wash. You know, you're going to pick up a little bit in picks. You get older, but just base salary is about the same, but there's no signing bonus situation. This guy's under contract for a couple of years. So I think you win there. And I still think, with all respect to Corey Davis, Julio, Julio Jones is still much better at football than, mm-hmm. than Corey Davis. Not to mention, he's going to have a really positive impact on your young stud, A.J. Brown. Off the field, A.J. Brown seems like the happiest guy out of everybody that the, <laughs> that the Titans ended up getting Julio Jones. And he actually showed himself uh, in a pregame workout this year wearing a Julio Jones Falcons jersey in, in 2020 pregame working out. And uh, I guess there it's a thing that some receivers, some players do in the NFL. They'll wear you know, an old jersey of somebody, but... You don't see people wearing jerseys of a player that's currently in the league on another team like A.J. Brown did with Julio Jones. So this seems like a a match made in heaven with two freak of nature, uh, big, physical, fast receivers there for Ryan Tannehill to throw to now in that offense. Without question. And he, I mean, A.J. Brown is a Julio wannabe. That sounds mean because, frankly, if I was picking any receiver in the league to start my team with, it would be A.J. Brown. So I'm that high on him. By no means is he a wannabe to anybody else. But obviously, he looks up to him. He patterns his game after him. They have similar traits. And hopefully, he has a similar career. After the catch and physicality, ability to block for Derrick Henry downfield, you know, that's what they want from that position. And now they have two of them, two of the five best added in the league, probably, just with those dimensions and the freakiness that both bring. So I think that's a huge, huge component here too, is is the scheme fit is wonderful, but there's a new offensive coordinator. I mean, I've gotten a lot of Tennessee tweets over the last five months or so saying, boy, you bring up this coordinator change a lot because it worries me to no end in Tennessee. You know, I, I was super psyched. We'll get to the Falcons in a minute, but I was super psyched and still am to see what Arthur Smith would do with those Falcons weapons with Julio. You're getting a totally different coordinator in here I think there's going to be some regression from a coaching standpoint. Is Julio enough to make up for that? You know, Julio plus new coach, I still think is less than Smith, John Newsmith and Davis, what they lost. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, Todd Downing, the new offense coordinator there. And I think the, the best way to put it as far as what could be gained or lost as far as the coaching staff and the offense coordinator, well, look how much better Arthur Smith made the offense when he came in. 
could that fall right. back the same amount with a new offensive coordinator? So that's a big question. You just never know. Who knows? It could get even better, too. Right. I mean, this sounds rough, but I mean, Derrick Henry really exploded under and Tannehill. I mean, th- those two both right. were much different players pre Arthur Smith than they were now, you know, and I would imagine you there's some stuff on the blackboard and you same head coach and you could say, we're going to try to run this back as best as possible. But I thought Arthur Smith was one of the best in the league at doing what he did. And I'm expecting regression there. Adding Julio helps that. There's no doubt. He's a transcendent player, assuming he can stay on the field at least a high percentage of the time. This is certainly a, a massive net gain from where they were two days ago. Do you think they're the best team in the South now? That's where I was going to go and, and ask yeah, you next. I don't because know. How much better does one player, a wide receiver, make a football team? We kind of had them as a team that was... Uh, you know, nine and eight, maybe something like that, right? Does this make them mm-hmm. a 10 11 win team? I don't know how much this actually changes it. How so much depends on Julio being healthy and being that guy. And so when I look at this trade for the Titans, it'll be graded in three years on okay, well, how good was Julio and how healthy was he through that contract? $15 million, $11 million, $11 million for the next three year, three years. If he's good, does he want a new contract? So that factors in. Do they end up losing him because he doesn't because he wants so much money and trade him again? Or is it a situation where he's broken down and then they only get one half of a year out of him and realize, you know, they they ended up giving too much and he doesn't make a huge impact. So this could go a lot of ways. But if you get 16 games or 17 games or even like let's say 14 games of Julio Jones this yeah. year with AJ Brown. Wild card round or you know, right. It's, it's gotta give them a bump at some point. And when you look at how close the two teams at the top of this division are just giving Julio Jones to either the Titans or the Colts makes me, I mean, maybe it's a, a knee jerk reaction, but it makes me want to put them as the favorite in the division. I'm kind of leaning that way too. However, and to your point, if Indy would have got Julio, I probably would say the exact same thing. Cause I was torn to begin with, and this might be enough at a clear need position. However, I bet, and I'm not super you know, in, in line with the betting circles. But if their win total a week ago was eight and a half, if it's now 10, I'm betting the under. You know what I mean? Like if something dramatically changed for their odds to win the division or their total wins, I don't know that this is going to impact the team as greatly as the general public probably thinks because there's a lot of room for error for, error for it, mm-hmm. especially with this injury history and the coordinator changes and – I'm not certain that signing Bud Dupree and Farley and all these corners has changed their past, has fixed their past defense. But I still am leaning towards, yeah, I'm going to give them the edge over the Colts in the worst division in the league. And therefore, I condone the the trade. I mean, it, it, it's a risk worth taking. It wasn't that much to give up. More on the Falcons side of this trade as well. The latest from Albert Breer, some behind the scenes stuff, the teams that did not end up making the trade for Julio Jones next. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season in full swing. You can track all of that all summer long. So many games to bet on, putting together some parlays I like to do with baseball games. It makes for a fun evening of ball. You get a, an early game, a late game, maybe a, an over-under in there somewhere. There's a UFC, MMA action, obviously, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, some goofy celebrity boxing matches. <laughs> of course, you can get on that action as well. 
So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses with contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to betonline.ag. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. One quick note uh, on the Titans, and I agree with everything you said, and at the end of the day, they didn't give up too much for a Hall of Fame caliber Julio Jones if he's healthy and on the field. I think that's fine. I think the reason why uh, the Falcons didn't, up getting, didn't end up getting more, didn't end up getting a first-rounder, is just because some teams were probably worried that he's not going to be on the field enough, and he's going to be too expensive over the course of the next few years to make up for, that, for the difference in what they would have to give up. But I was looking right now at the Tennessee Titans depth chart, what the heck were they doing at wide receiver? Letting <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, they were going to go with fourth rounder Des Fitzpatrick or Josh Reynolds and AJ Brown, and that's it. They've got the next up right. is what Cameron Batson, and they don't have the ability to play as much twelve personnel as they used to. You know, so yeah, with John and Smith being gone, so first serve. You know, they've got Anthony Furkser as their tight no, end. They were just going right. to run Derrick Henry into ten man boxes all day long, weren't they? And throw. A.J. Brown, 250 passes against double coverage. <laughs> wow. Maybe I should have bumped them up on, on how obvious it was that they had that huge need at wide receiver, and they didn't really focus on it in the draft, getting a fourth-round wide receiver in Des Fitzpatrick, who you know I don't think is somebody that you would expect to, to do much for you even as a, as a rookie. But you mentioned the defensive side of the ball, too, and uh, maybe the biggest issue is the, the pass rush that maybe they didn't fix. They've got uh, Danico Autry. They, they brought in Bud Dupree, who you know better than anyone. Uh, they drafted an injured Caleb Farley. We'll see what sort of uh, ability he has and if he's able to be on the field for them as a rookie here. But uh, they, they still definitely have some holes and some questions on this roster, so some things still have to go right. Absolutely. And the division helps. I think Rabel's a good coach. I mean, I kind of overlooked that part of it. Um, but they, they, they're a lot different than they were a year ago. I mean, their pass defense from pass rush to cover guys, especially corners are night and day different. They have a lot of different bodies and they spent a lot of resources to get them. Bud was expensive. Farley's a first, you know, some of these guys are, you know, a lot of capital to obtain and the receiving game. I mean, you really changed both your passing attacks and defense drastically, with not stability at the coaching position on on offense, it's just volatile. That's all I'm saying about it. I mean, it might work out. They might be better. Julio's still great. I mean, I'm not sure we, we harped on that enough. I still think he is a an elite receiver, and I hesitate to use that word. I mean, he, he still is a special, special guy at this stage. But it's wholesale changes. Yeah, I think uh, Aaron Freeman on Thursday's show or was that Friday? What day was that? We talked to Aaron Freeman last week. Anyway, he broke it all yeah, down. Well. Yeah. I mean, you could be getting a 1,400-yard receiver, still one of the top five, maybe not number one as far as wide receivers in the NFL goes, but top five or six, absolutely, if he's yeah. healthy and on the field. So, huge di- difference maker Julio Jones is. You know what's interesting, and I didn't even think about this at all, is the the 2021 Titans really similar to the 2017 Falcons? losing their offensive coordinator. And we've seen how the Falcons went with Julio Jones after Kyle Shanahan moved on from offensive coordinator to head coach. And even with, uh, you know, prime Julio Jones there and, and even more pieces yeah, on yeah, offense. Yeah. Um, and they, they, there were some things they couldn't get right. And they just slowly crept into mediocrity. 
So that's still a direction. We talked about the coaching changes and stuff. Maybe the best comp for that Titans team right now is, is what we just saw with the Falcons. So learn from what they did with Julio Jones. Yeah, maybe. I mean, not a superstar quarterback, but a good one that was probably producing a little over his head due to scheme. You know, still, he's the one pulling the trigger, but Ryan's best year was with Shanahan, and Mm -hmm. maybe Tannehill's best stint of his career will be with Smith when we look back. Um, As for Atlanta, though, first off, the fanboy and sentimental side of me just doesn't like that it goes down like this. I mean, I understand business gets in the way, and not everyone, you know, rides off in the sunset with their original team, but there's a little bad blood. Now you're seeing Falcons fans. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Good riddance. You know, like I think you're kind of forgetting how the, you know, what everything he's done and how important he's been to that team and city. And I'm not sure. I know he's kind of wanted out, I guess, but I still think this is more of the people before this regime screwing up the cap in Atlanta than, Julio saying, I hate it here. I don't like any of these people anymore. I want to get out of here. Looking at this offense now, Calvin Ridley is a huge buy and a big winner as far as his target share and uh, fantasy footballers out there. So if you've got Calvin Ridley in your keeper league, I think you're in pretty good shape. He probably jumps up a little bit in fantasy football drafts because uh, he's he's already a really good player and there's just you know fewer Targets to go around. Kyle Pitts. I don't know how much you know Hurst and and Pitts will be used. I don't know how often Pitts will be on the field to very to start his rookie season. If he's just going to be the number one and Hurst is going to be the backup tight end there, or if they're going to go two tight ends a lot. If Pitts going to be end up being the number two receiver in that offense with Calvin Ridley, which is you know the way you would draw it up on paper, but you never know how rookie seasons are going to go. So uh, it's an interesting offense now. But big picture, I'm looking at this. If if you knew pre-draft and you knew this offseason that Julio was going to be gone you had to be making plans for post Matt Ryan as well I would assume so that opens up the question again that we've already talked about is why no quarterback at number four and what is the plan at quarterback going forward see I have to think that they at least realized this was a strong possibility pre-draft I mean they know their caps are wreck and they don't have many outlets to fix it so Maybe they talked to Grady Jarrett or Deion Jones or whoever back then thinking maybe we can make this work, but we're in a bind no matter what. So now they're sort of in no man's land. Old quarterback, young receivers, new coach. Julio's not there as that gap player slash old guy with Ryan. And they're in a weird spot without question in a division that has, you know, Debris just left. Brady's still there, but for how long? You're one of the old quarterback teams. And I looked at this offense and thought, with Julio, it had a chance to be top five, maybe number one. You know, Arthur Smith, I've been raving you know, raving about him. And now I look at it and think, it's still probably going to be pretty good, and Pitts is a wonderful addition. But I think if I had it over again, and at the time I was fine with Pitts, and I'm still not critical of it because I think he's an elite, elite player, I probably would have taken fields. But what we don't know is, they may have saw Fields as the 15th best player in the draft. You know what I mean? He did fall a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it, maybe they would have taken Lance. You know, we don't know who they liked and who they didn't. You can't fault the pick on its own when you get the best non-quarterback in the draft. Kyle Pitts was worth that pick. He's that good of a prospect. But as we know, 
quarterback trumps everything else. If if the if the quarterback was there, you still got to go quarterback. You really like the tight end, or you you know uh-huh. you you take that trade offer because we know teams were calling the Falcons too. So they stuck drafted a tight end as high as you could possibly draft a tight end. So that's a that's a even if Kyle Pitts is great, that's a question that we'll probably come back to often. Or maybe they just think that Matt Ryan's got a while to go and he's got multiple mm-hmm. years and they're not super worried about it. I mean, don't you think that? Way back when, you know, Super Bowl time, when Arthur Smith is talking to, you know, the ownership and the decision makers in Atlanta, it's mostly around the the thought of, I want to work with Matt Ryan. I mean, we keep hearing blurbs about that, that he's been studying Matt Ryan through every step of this. And it sounds like he still thinks Ryan can still really play. And I just saw a stat on Ryan that was a little surprising, but the more I thought about it, it wasn't that he was one of the best quarterbacks this league this year under pressure when under, when being pressured, you don't think of him that way. Cause it's not like he's going to run around and throw people off him, but he just knows that, you know, he, he's a tough dude that hangs in the pocket. And frankly, the last couple of years, he's been high in that metric. So I do think Matt Ryan has something left. I mean, like I, I always use this example just to bring it home. If Ben were to retire this year and the Steelers could pick up Matt Ryan for a second round pick, okay, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd be fine with that. You know what I mean? So I still think he has a lot of football left. It's just a really weird situation they've been in this year, and it's a really weird roster now. But it, it made more sense with Julio, is is all I could say in the end. Yeah, you you were gonna have to outscore people, and yeah, now you fun. are gonna be less likely to do that. Your second best weapon on offense is a rookie tight end, uh, uh, Mike Davis is a far cry from Derrick Henry, right? So what's this offense going to look like? If you can't outscore people, I don't think the defense is going to be um, make a big enough jump. I mean, you would have to make such a huge jump in both offensive and defensive coaching for this team to, and they had the fourth pick last year, and I don't see how they're better. Right, and I think, and this is probably a leap of faith, but I think Pitts can do true wide receiver things. Like, I think he mm-hmm. could line up, X or Z or whatever, and run wide receiver routes. That's asking a lot, especially from a rookie, and not many tight ends in history can do those things, and not even close to a Julio Jones level, of course. But let's say he's really just a tight end. I mean, you're going to play a lot of snaps, I would think, with him and Hayden Hurst, Ridley, of course. And with all respect to Justin Gage, the rest of the true wide receiver depth chart in Atlanta is just as bad as Tennessee's used to be, you know, how we opened the show. I mean, it's bad, you know, so they're going to have a hard time putting five quality skill guys on the field now. Yeah, I mean, there's, we've got, I'm looking at this depth chart from our lads, and they've got a guy named uh, Blake Christian or Christian Blake. I'm not sure because I don't have a scouting report on him. I don't know if you, (laughs) they've got him listed as a starter. So, um, that wide receiver. So, um, and obviously they've got Russell Gage. They've got a sixth rounder, Frank Darby. They've got Cordero Patterson. So we know how Patterson's usage will probably be. So there's some, you know, there's some other players there, but really interesting how this could take shape there in Atlanta on the offensive side of the ball. And the, the problem with it team building wise for me is that, Kyle Pitts, I have no doubt. I mean, I love Kyle Pitts. He's going to be a good player. Tight ends can take a little while. So if he's not great mm-hmm. until year three and he's just okay right now, then where's Matt Ryan at that point in time? And that you know that really doesn't come to fruition with Ryan to Pitts. And then you know then what are you doing? So that's kind of the question I have team building wise. But that'll be uh, it'll be fun to see how it works out for the Falcons. I'm not super bullish on where they're at right now, but I do like them needing to come back in games. I think that'll bode well for Kyle Pitts even as a rookie. 
uh, tight end in fantasy leagues, and I'm all in on mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley. Give me all that stock. Oh, I agree. I think he may lead the league in targets. Um, I think Pitts is, you know, we saw it coming, but I don't think it hurts Ryan that bad for fantasy. I think it's decent for Mike Davis. It's phenomenal for mm-hmm. Pitts and Ridley. I think it hurts A.J. Brown and probably hurts Derrick Henry a little and kills Ferkshire if you had any plans on right. doing that. Doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Davis is probably a nice little safe pick for you because you know he's going to carry the rock a lot, most mm-hmm. likely, and uh, he'll get some dump-off passes his way as well. Even though, even if he averages you know two and a half yards per carry, he'll probably get enough to uh, to be fantasy relevant this year. Yeah, and so in the end, I kind of look at Atlanta. Not much different record wise than a year ago. I mean, I know they lost so many one score games that they'll probably get better in just in that metric and get to six or seven wins. But uh, they're not real deep. The defense is flat out bad. I do think the O-line's improved, but, you know, the, the skill guys are going to be thrown out there besides two of them are below average. All right, next, let's wrap this thing up and talk about the teams that did not trade for Julio Jones and the latest right. from Albert Breer's Monday Morning QB. Trying to get back into shape, something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do, can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be, high in protein, low in sugar, that's the key, it's what you're looking for in a healthy snack, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack, you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
So an excerpt from Albert Breer at Sports Illustrated this morning. The Ravens discussed a Jones trade with the Falcons prior to the draft, but pulled out of the running after taking Rashad Bateman in the first round and never got back in. The Patriots never showed real interest to Atlanta in Jones, and the Raiders, perhaps for cash reasons, weren't in it either. The Falcons did wind up talking to all four NFC West teams about a Jones trade, but never got a real offer from any of them. So as June 1st approached, uh, there's a lot of teams that that had a conversation with the Titans. The Titans let teams know that, you know, a second rounder is probably all it would take at some point. And the Titans sound like the really the only team that that went hard after Julio Jones. And they didn't give up that much. So, Matt, my question is, why were so few teams even willing to give up a second rounder, it sounds like, for Jones? Yeah, it's the first I've heard that. So I'm kind of reacting to this right away. A couple of early notes. It, it surprises me that... New England had no interest or wasn't you know, putting any kind of serious offers in because, boy, I thought that was a good fit. Same with Indy, going back to our conversation 20 minutes or so ago. I mean, boy, if, he, if I think he changes the balance of power a little bit between Indy and Tennessee. Um, NFC West teams, we've talked about the Niners in Seattle. They add up. I don't know that Arizona or especially the Rams could even be slightly involved in this. I mean, how could the Rams get Julio Jones? And they, they've added a lot to the receiver anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty clear to your point that a first-round pick was never on the table. And the fact that he's expensive is a big deal, but it's pretty palatable. I mean, if you're trading for three Julio at this price, that's not that horrible. I mean, it, it, you can make that work. So it's not like, boy, he was just a horrendous contract. The time of year doesn't help with the contract stuff. So assuming this report's true, I'm shocked there wasn't a little more interest. I mean, it sounds like a second plus, as you put it, was just enough. So maybe there was a second on the table from somebody else and they took this plus. Yeah, his tiebreaker probably was send him to an AFC team and they got that little extra 2023 swap of fourth and sixth rounders, which was enough to put them over the top versus any of the other teams that were offering in the NFC. And actually, Kyle Shanahan was asked about it. He was the grand marshal of a NASCAR event this weekend uh, in California, and he was asked about it, and, and he seemed pretty happy about it. He said, I'm really glad that he's not in the NFC West. He said he would have liked to have Julio back on, on his team again because they did huge things in Atlanta. But uh, he seemed pretty happy that he was in the AFC and not in the NFC West. So it sounds like maybe the Niners were checking in, but weren't super, super in on it. But we're glad that uh, the AFC is is where he ended up. And it, and looking at this, if there was a lot of tie offers and everyone's offering a second, yeah, send him to the AFC, get that little bump, sure. and now he's a Titan. Now he's a Titan. Big news and a lot of fun to talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about it even more during the week. This is this move isn't enough for me to say this, but it's just one more th- feather in that cap. I think the AFC is getting stronger where the NFC isn't. You know what I mean? Like, with all respect to Tampa, and I think your Niners and the Rams, and there's some good teams in the NFC. I think the AFC is stronger than the NFC right now. There's a lot of haves and half-nots in the NFC, and with yes. teams yes. like the Saints becoming an unknown now, and mm-hmm. you really, it's it just seems a lot easier to pencil in who those playoff teams are going to be in the NFC and in in the AFC. There's some obviously really good teams like the the Chiefs and the Bills, and then teams that are up and coming like the Chargers that could be really good and, and in for a run. The Titans are loading up here. Uh, obviously, uh, 
three out of four, maybe, who knows, maybe even all four AFC North teams could be involved in this yeah. playoff conversation yeah. and some other teams that I think are getting better and maybe not quite ready for prime time like the Dolphins and Jets. So, yeah, AFC definitely is on the come up there. A lot of young quarterbacks are buoying that, Where the, whereas the NFC, I think it's just a lot easier to see which teams are the best and there's uh, some teams that are lagging pretty far behind. Yeah, and even at the very top, I know Tampa just beat Kansas City and they're bringing everybody back, but you can't tell me they're noticeably better than the Chiefs right now. Or, you know, I mean, to me, that's a wash. And I look at, you kind of mentioned these teams too, are the Browns and the Bills, you know, they got a little playoff success under their belts. Are they ready to really be a contender now? Are they taking that next step forward? By no means do I think a team like the Ravens is going away. There's some intriguing teams, like you mentioned, Denver to some degree, but especially the Chargers, Tennessee and India are in that conversation, Miami now. like Outside of the AFC South, I think every division probably has three teams that are interesting or at least, at least playoff contenders at worst. I agree. I agree. And uh, I think to wrap this up with Julio Jones, Titans, Titans or Colts in the South. Titans, I guess. I'm, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna. I had Colts, Titans. I'm not gonna let this. I'm at least sleep on it a couple more times. I'm, I'm gonna stick with Colts yeah. narrowly over the Titans still. But that, that gap closed a little bit. It, it definitely closed a little bit. Which team runs the ball better? I mean, I think that answers Tennessee, but it's not like by leaps and bounds. Which defense is better? I'd say Indy. I think Indy's O line's better. I trust Tannehill more than Wentz. I'd give the coaching nod to Indy. It's close. It's close. Fun stuff. Julio Jones, now a member of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we will be covering every angle of everything there is to cover as far as the NFL goes all off-season long here on Peacock and Williamson. We've got your questions coming up on our Twitter Tuesday episode tomorrow. Matt, we're going to dip back into your spreadsheet, which is growing throughout the off-season and maybe check in on your dynasty rookie draft as well. It's and a actually, startup draft, actually. It's, oh, so. oh, it's a startup draft. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, a, I'm not real far into it, so I'm glad we didn't talk yet. Well, so and, and you said a little far. something interesting way back earlier in this podcast about A.J. Brown potentially being your number one wide receiver. And I don't know if you're going to take wide receivers early in this draft or not, but I think a wide receiver draft would be fun. What, just yeah. drafting all of the current NFL wide receivers because there is a lot of really good young ones and some really good old ones and stacking those players up together. Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, where is, uh, where is the rest of the Julio Jones career in all of this? Looking at wide receivers rest of career in the NFL would be a really fun episode too. Yeah. And maybe we could tie that in with the dynasty draft because it's obviously very similar. Age is a big deal. AJ Brown was the first receiver taken in this draft. Um, that was before the Julio news. This has been going on for days now. I don't think that would have changed things, though. He'd have been my pick and still would be. Wow. Okay, interesting stuff. Yeah, we'll get into all of that upcoming right here. Peacock and Williamson.